Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. This is the Oakland Supercross wrap-up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. BTOsports.com, proud sponsors of uh, the BTO Sports KTM team with Brayton and Short, uh, pulling whole shots at a stadium near you. Anything you need for your biker body, BTO Sports has it covered. Use the code PULPMX to uh, save yourself money when you're checking out. They got OEM parts now, people. OEM parts. And uh, also Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Thanks to those guys for coming on board. Of course, uh, what, what more can you say about Fox Racing? It hasn't been said already. Uh, brand new 2015 stuff in stock. Kenny Rocks and Ryan Dungey just among the few guys that wear Fox Racing, foxhead.com. Like I said, this is the Oakland Supercross wrap-up. I'm Steve Mathis. With me on the line, one guy who went to the races and did his job and one guy who uh, apparently didn't even make it through the TV program before he fell asleep. So it should be interesting to see uh, exactly what my boss, Jason Wygant, actually saw. I got to talk to Brayton, though. It was all good. You really fell asleep uh, before the mains? I woke up uh, for the mains. Oh. It was the uh, oh. semis and the LCQ. <laughs> Actually, I really couldn't have scripted it better. It's not like you can plan sleep to that degree, but it was great. Yeah. This is... Uh, Next day I wake up and I'm like... Clearly, this is a dream because I'm seeing Amart and Mookie battling to the lead. Like, where am I at right now? What planet am I on? Um, is this real? And actually, I never thought of that. But the mains go off what one in the morning? I never really did the math. Midnight, right? Uh, yeah, seven o'clock. This thing starts at ten here. Yeah, I mean, later. yeah, yeah, uh, probably twelve. Yeah, twelve o'clock, twelve thirty, something like that. That's yeah, ins- but you got you got to pull it together. This Hold is, on, I didn't introduce job. you yet. I didn't introduce you yet. People, I don't, don't, I, they know who it is. They, they people don't know. Yeah, they do. That's Jason we have Thomas. A very loyal listener base. It's Jason Thomas, everybody. He was there. But okay, Weeds, you're the big TV guy, right? So you yeah. know what the NHL? Apparently not. You know, Apparently not. <laughs> you know what the NHL does, Weeds? And I know you don't. I know you're, you're following this passionately, but. Yeah. Um, some of the Stanley Cup final games that were in L.A. started at, like, 5 Pacific because they wanted to gear it for the East Coast audience, you know, because that's their showcase game. Do you ever see a time when Supercross does that for the East Coast? I mean, obviously we're doing it for New York, but that's a special – that's a different occasion. What about that? Well, though? they moved it up a half hour this year already. They're never going to move beyond that. Sport's not popular enough. Because then they would have to guarantee that they could still fill those stadiums with a compromised time in the local market. I mean, yeah. Supercross isn't that far along where they're like, oh, selling out? Not even a question. You can hold the thing <laughs> at 9 in the morning and we'll still sell it out. Yeah. It just matters the time. 
Good point. Uh, right. Because they're nearly far enough along. The Stanley Cup Finals, I'm sure they're going to sell that arena out. Yeah. Not a problem. Well, you know what's uh, The Anaheims, they haven't even quite done it this year. We've still got one to go. You know what's funny is uh, uh, people rip. I read Sports Business Journal, and uh, obviously I follow all sorts of sports. People uh, can't make enough fun of the NHL for attracting a one share. Um, that's one million people. And the games do better than that in the, in the finals. But for the most part, if you get a one share in hockey, you're still mocked. Well, Supercross pulls like a six, point six, point four, something like that. So, yeah, it's not on the radar. Yeah, I'm just saying for people who want to, you know. Yeah, it's not on the radar. Um, anyway, wasn't my job to watch the race. I got people. I got people to mm-hmm. watch the race. I'm good. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. You're all right. Um, and yeah, actually, I woke up. I watched the mains. I rewound to watch everything I missed. And then I called my buddy Justin Brayton to get filled in on anything that I might have fallen between the cracks. And so Brayton, you don't want it bad enough. Yeah. No, you don't. I'm not, one bad not there. I'm not there. I'm on a Brayton Nolan contract. <laughs> the that shoulder better heel, baby. I'm sure Brayton was a really tough to get a hold of. B didn't want to do the column and probably you know dragging it out of him. Like you know, you're probably like, hey, Brayton, uh, can we get your take on uh, Saturday night or Sunday morning? Yeah, sure, man. And it was all done. Dude, and, you know. I had this like all week. I was thinking about it, but I didn't even consult him. I already had a plan. Like we even made the category in the back of the web, the back end of the website. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, we got to set up a category because we're going to do a thing with Brayton Saturday. And I didn't even ask him <laughs> right. until about five o'clock. Right, on Saturday. right. Well, why don't hey, man, you... can I call you up the race? Sure. <laughs> why don't you get uh, James Stewart? Maybe um, see get his take this weekend. I mean, same thing. Just build it on the back end. You know. Get ready look for at, it. Yeah, stuff it in the back. Put it in the back end. Look yeah. at it in the back end. Put it in the then, back. Yeah. Well, and then uh, bef- uh, James did make the broadcast. A tweet made the broadcast. The oh. um, oh. picture of him Instagram of his gear didn't make it, did it? No, it never did. No. Nope. Just wasn't good enough. Just wasn't good enough. Hmm. What did they do? Uh, I, I didn't anyway, watch. Wait, enough about me. Yeah. Enough about me. This is ridiculous. Okay, look. Uh, I want to, but your talk did remind me of something, JT. Uh, light attendance in Oakland this weekend, and light attendance last weekend, and A three this yeah. weekend. That's the sound of me clenching my teeth because it, it was could... Oakland bad. I couldn't really tell. I guess maybe I wasn't paying attention very well. But it seemed it seemed like it was okay though. No, no, no. no the, I mean, obviously it's not going to sell out or anything. But I thought it was really light. Really? Yeah. yeah I, I guess I just didn't wasn't paying attention. Maybe you're right, right. but. I, every time I went anywhere, it was just pandemonium of people. So yeah, that was I. Th- I think just because the, off my you know, judgment, the concourse is Raiders right. fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember I why they moved there. They moved there because it's a bigger building than San Francisco. That's where they were at at one point. We can't fit enough people in the San Francisco stadium. Yeah, I'm. I don't know, but I'm not buying that reason. I'm calling. I'm calling cheap rent. That's what I'm calling. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And probably issues. Remember, there was always issues with the dirt at San Fran. Yeah, like, well, they always uh, they had a, a big um, EPA problem. I heard too. Yeah, like it was really tough with the city trying to get that those mm-hmm. parking lots taken care of, like with the dirt and everything. So, and if you were to rent a stadium, would you say AT and T Park would be more expensive or less expensive than the Oakland Alameda Coliseum? Downtown San Francisco, the most uh, expensive zip code in the country, you mean? Right. Versus, right. versus the projects. Right, right. Well, anyways, uh, I heard from, I've heard from people. Well, I just hope Dodger Stadium renovations finally <laughs> finish one of these years. 
I, uh, you did nail that one right away, Weege, by the way, when that first came out. The Dodger is off this thing for, um, for, uh, it'll be back. Yeah. Um, just renovation. <laughs> the uh, one thing I have heard from people. Forty-seven thousand six sixty-one. That's the that's the count on the press release. Forty-seven thousand. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah, right. I, I actually didn't think it was that bad. So maybe maybe I was wrong. Maybe you're right, Steve. But that number and that's probably inflated. That's oh. kind of how it works. But it didn't seem that bad to me. Yeah. I um. Uh. I, well, if if somebody was there. Uh, tweet us. Tell us what you think. If what if you in past years, if you were listening to this and you were there, let, let us know what you think. Um, I thought it was light, but I have gotten some Twitter people said that the ticket prices were raised this year. Of course, n- none of us three pay anything uh, to go to these races, so we don't really know. But I've had a few, probably a half a dozen people say, "What's up with these raised ticket prices?" So maybe that has I know. To do. I, I know that New York is quite a bit more expensive. I heard. Yeah. So, I don't heard New Jersey or whatever. I don't want to freak anybody out. Right. Uh, but I, I did hear that race was more expensive. So right. that, that's the only one I've heard about. All right. Let's move on to the races, shall we? Um, what, man, uh, first of all, the track, JT, I think it was a pretty easy track, but it proved to be very challenging because of the soil and it broke down and, you know, it didn't, uh, didn't look great. It looked really rough and, it didn't look like a lot of fun, like coming around a turn, having the triple, and then there's 18 ruts in front of you. Yeah, that's the thing with the dirt like that. You can take a very simple-looking track, mm-hmm. and by the end of a, any race or practice or end of a main event, it can be incredibly treacherous just because of the way the dirt goes away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was obviously what happened this weekend. You know, there were some really tough jumps, I thought. Uh, the triple section where uh, Michael Lieb, injured himself we yeah. saw quite a few guys have big get offs there uh and then you know the triples were right out of turns too so that yeah. that made it uh, a little tough i felt on a lot of guys especially if you were in any, any kind of race situation yeah it, it made it tough the triple before canard made the pass that thing was not it was big like shorty told me he was terrified of it so yeah and but, obviously the one where roxon crashed you know i saw yeah. a lot of guys crash on that jump all day and all night yeah um you know that obviously the roxon thing was a uh, a weird deal, but I just saw people just come up short and, and mistime it all day long. So yeah. it was a tough track. You know, if that, if that would have been, say, Anaheim, I think it would have been very, very simple. Uh-huh. But being that it was Oakland, it was tough. Um, Weed, you couldn't have uh, drawn this up any better. I mean, speaking of TV guy, that's you. You're a TV guy. And I uh, couldn't have drawn it up any better. Chad Reed leading, Trey Kennard in second, and, and hunting him down. Like, are you serious right now? Yeah, I still wasn't sure if I'd woken up. <laughs> I mean, uh, so I'm watching, um, you know, the Bowers-Webb deal and yeah. Mookie and Amar battling for the lead. <laughs> and uh, then Roxon kills himself, and it's Kennard and Reed battling. And I'm like, okay, I need help. I need, like, shock paddles or an adrenaline shot or something. I'm hallucinating. <laughs> there's no way. There's no way this is this is a heat race. What is the deal? Yeah. That was the two dudes had not been up front. Like, Kennard's been fast yeah. at, at times this year. But he hasn't actually, like, led. And Reed hasn't really even been that fast, like, fast enough to be a guy that could win a race. So here, what what the hell? What a turnaround. He was, it, was, it was conspiracy theories, perfect storm. <laughs> Trust me, the racing would be a lot better on balance if they had this kind of control. Oh, this Vince McMahon, if he was tuned in, just loved every second of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It, um... 
it was something else, man. That's exactly, you know, what you what you dream about if you're at Feld PR or promotions or promoter. You know what I mean? Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, scripted. Yeah. But uh, Trey was good, man. He was good. JT, how much do you think uh, all that Black Flag Gate uh, the previous weekend and uh, and all that had anything to do with it? Like the mindset wise, we're, we're going to go turn into fro here. What do you think mentally? Did it have anything to do with it? Would, 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 if nothing happened last week and Kennard gets a third, does he win this weekend? You know? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Just because once you get out there, once you're in the middle of a, a battle and a race like that, you're not thinking about no. black flags and all that stuff. You know, you're, you're doing what you've, you've been trained to do and you've done your whole life. So I think maybe the week, during the week, maybe it, you know, raised the level of motivation, but it's really hard to turn that into, more speed or anything on the weekend. Uh, I think a lot of it was just coincidence. And the one thing I thought possibly, um, especially for Reed, was maybe it just took some pressure off of him because he's so far out of the points now mm-hmm. that it's just like, hey, let's just go race. Like, you know, the points are completely ruined right now. You know, let's just go ride as hard as you can. There's not, there's honestly nothing to lose at this point. You know, you've already done a bunch of damage, you know, and a lot of it was out of your hands. So I think that may have helped somewhat because he was, he was a different guy all day. Yeah, I th- I think part of Chad's uh, Chad's good ride was uh, uh, there's some traction, some ruts, difficulty. No, I agree. I agree Techni- with that. Te- yep. Technical expertise was needed on that track, you know. Yeah, but I also felt like Phoenix was really, really technical too. Um, and he he you know in the heat race he was really good, but he didn't have the same kind of main event. But I do agree with you. We, he's shown that he he's better when the tracks are tougher. But I just felt like all day long, even in practice, right away, he was just better. He looked more aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know we, you and I both commented on the weekend about how right at the beginning of practices, he just took off yeah. and with the first group, which he never does. He never does that. No. Uh, and that's just, that's just confidence and, and feeling comfortable and, and, you know, no pressure. I, that, that's what I kind of took from it anyway. But people, people won't realize either, like, until Chad ran off the track, he had caught Trey a little bit. He had probably made up about a second. Um, he did. He. Uh, and it was going to be interesting, maybe. Yeah, and I, I was watching, obviously, really closely. You know, shocker. Yeah, there, you think? But, uh, <laughs> the lap times, Trey and, and Ryan Dungey and Chad were all doing right at 53.5 pretty consistently. And then Chad turned it up. Uh, and I, I spoke with him a little bit today, and he just said he started feeling really comfortable and got really motivated because he felt good. Uh, and then he dropped it down to a 53.0, and that was when he, that was when he made his time up. And he said that when he turned those 53.0s in, and he saw that he was catching Trey, he just like freaked out mentally. It was like you know because he just went into that I'm going to win this thing mode and, and tr- started trying to push even harder. And then obviously went right off the track. So right, he was pretty bummed out on himself today. Just you know, um, he had some choice words about himself to say. Um, but I think he just feels like he had a shot to win there, and at least he should have got second. So yeah, no. He had a second. Looking back at it, you have to want to take that over. You know, every other weekend this year because they've all been kind of a disaster. Just once again, Weege, just you. The guy is Dracula. Never, ever, 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 ever count him out. Just don't. Yeah, I know in the post race stuff, uh, he's alluded quite a bit to uh, to making huge changes with the bike. Um, now we've debated that on this show a million times. If it matters, I think 
I think everyone should give Reed the benefit of the doubt because he's complained about bikes plenty of times and then said when he had it where he wanted it and then usually proved that it made a difference, even with these brand switches he's made the last couple of years. Um, so I give him the benefit of the doubt. If he says he made huge changes and, I mean, he really got into the details that you, Steve, in your post-race interview, saying the tracks were forming differently than he thought they would and it affected the way he thought his bike needed to work. I, I can't imagine that that wasn't part of it. I know we debate how important the bike is, but with him, wow. it usually seems like when it's right, he knows it, and when it's wrong, he knows it. So I'll believe it if he said that made a difference. He uh, he made sure to get the, the suck at DV mentioned in there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think DV is right under a lot of circumstances when he says that the guys are worried too much about their bikes, but not Chad. Right. Chad knows what he's looking for. It might be weird what he's looking for, but he, when it's right, he usually does know it. Yeah. And when it's wrong, he also does. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great race. Great ride by Canard, man. That's, that's awesome. That's exactly what the series needs. Now we have our third different winner in four races, and uh, that's going to be a lot of confidence. I didn't realize, Weed, you had edited my Saturday Night Live column. Uh, I think you did. Maybe Hansel. But um, I, you said it was his first Supercross win since 2011? Like, I'm like, what? Yeah, you had 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, what? No, he barely even raced. He had that phenomenal rookie year when he was in the title hunt and won three races. Yeah. I mean, the next year he basically didn't race. Yeah. And then, and then in 13, it, he almost went out of hunt one, and that was it. And then last year he barely raced. Yeah, okay. I could have. I was like, what? It's been that long? Yeah, that's like, true. Like, um, uh, it's, it's a, that's a long time to go between wins. Like, a lot of guys yeah, don't. Yeah, maybe we can look that up. I think we might even have to make a story about that this week. It's right. not all-time Larry Ward level, but no. four years is a good gap. Yeah, no, Big Bird, what, had seven years, I think? <laughs> seven years, I think it was 97 Tampa and 90 Seattle or something. Um, well, it's, it's, a little, it's been a little bit deceiving, too, because he's had so much success lately with Monster Cup and mm-hmm. Outdoor Nationals and all that stuff. So you wouldn't think so, but yeah, yeah. those are the facts. Um, right. I didn't watch it TV yet, so I need to watch this closer. But, uh, Weej, I'll ask you, did Kenny – I mean, he came up short on that triple, but – should he not have gone for it? Was that a really bad move or just, like, a bad move? Or was it, like, unbelievably bad move? Yeah, um, Reed passed him at the beginning, actually. Right. You know, it seems you would think it was Reed and Trey getting out front, but Reed yeah. actually passed him. Right. And then, to me, you can almost see the exuberance of Kenny. Like, the next turn, he leaves the door open. If he goes outside in any turn, I'm just passing him. I'm, <laughs> I am going to pass for Chad back. I'm just going inside anywhere. Right, right. So I was watching it like, oh, let's see how Reed handles this because yeah. Kenny's going to go after him. And lo and behold, basically as soon as there was an opening, Kenny's like, I'm going to the inside and I'm just going to jump the jump. Yeah. And it was not possible. Um, I also looked real closely. They actually did touch the slightest bit. Chad's front tire hits Kenny's back tire as Kenny's taking off. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. Think he was pretty short. He was, he was pretty short. So yeah, I, I. I don't think it was an. I don't think rear tire hitting front tire. I can't imagine that would slow Kenny up enough. So I think it was uh, impatience on his part. He yeah. saw an opening. He went for it. He didn't really think the process through. Is is what it looked like to me. Which we've talked all the season on this podcast and on the pulp shows and stuff. Like JT, Kenny's not one to make big mistakes. You know, and. I yeah, you're right. He's not yep. one to do that. And I honestly, when he was laying there, I'm like, season done, broken wrist. Because he I was agree. he was agree. not moving, and he was no. just laying there. And I, it's amazing he got up. I mean, obviously he's, he had you know tons of stinging and, and maybe a sprained wrist or whatever, but 
holy crap, for him to get up and still get 16th and all that, I thought he was just done. I'm like, that's it. It's broken. So Yeah, that's that's one of those things where we've been talking about, will he will he make that big mistake? You know, because I, I truly do believe that he lost his head there a little bit. I think, uh, you know, Chad didn't run it in there super deep, but I think Kenny was just pissed that he, that he let Chad get around him there because right. Kenny's been so efficient at getting to the front early. And I think he was just worried about getting stuck behind Chad and letting Trey possibly get away there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he panicked a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit angry. Um, no way. That, that, was, Chad... that was for the lead. Trey, didn't, Trey wasn't in front at that point. No, Shorty, Shorty was up front. Shorty, there. yeah. But I don't, was anybody worried about No, it, it yeah. was just Shorty. But yeah. I do think that he, you know, he's been so good at getting out front and getting out of there. Yeah. I think that that's what he was more worried about. And I, I certainly misspoke about Trey, but uh, – I think the over the overriding theme of him being at the front, be like, okay, I'm out of here, and then Chad kind of foiled that plan a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that did worry him. Just be, and you have to look back at basically the situations from last year. You know, the the A three race, I believe, uh, he got stuck behind Chad basically the entire race. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that stuff has to creep in your psyche. Like when you see a guy get to the front like that, like Chad is notoriously tough to pass because he's a pretty smart racer tactically. I just think Kenny was like, I have to get him now. I don't want to get stuck here. I don't want people getting behind me. I don't want Tomac or Kennard or any of these guys mm-hmm. getting a chance here. I've got to go now. And he, he forced the issue. And I think nine times out of ten, he just checks up there. And Chad can't triple. So he's Yeah, ne- neither guy's double. tripling. Yeah, neither guy's tripling. Yeah, and he, exactly. just, he just made a bad choice of trying to do too much there. He had the pass made. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, unfortunately it cost him, you know, at what price that's yet to be seen. There's a lot of races left, but certainly it, uh, it almost cost him the whole season. Cause I was in the, on the same page as you. I thought he was hurt for the year right there. And Weege, we have a new points leader. That's right. Everybody. He just, he just does what he does. Dunge does My what pick. Dunge does. The diesel does what pick. does, does the I'm Dunge. really smart right now. It's, it's a hey, good job by him again. That's, you know. Forget about him. What about me? <laughs> it's a long season, bro. But, um, no, hey, good job by Dunge. He's now the points leader. And Tomac's faster. Roxon's faster. Kennard's faster. But, oh, no, there's the Dunge. And maybe they're not faster. You know what I mean? I'm just saying I'm, I'm you know, saying that like. like He broke good at Anaheim. He did. At Anaheim too. I, don't think, I, think, I don't think you can at this point say that he's not that those guys got him covered. Uh, I mean, he pulled away from Tomac at Anaheim, too. He was catching Kenny at Anaheim, too. He pulled away from Tomac at this one. So, I think it, at this point, it's too early to judge to say that, you know, yeah. he's slower or they're faster. No. I think they're darn close. And, obviously, he's been a little more consistent. I, it, four races is such a small yeah. sample size. I mean, hey, you flip a coin right here. If Kenny checks up and doesn't kill himself on that triple, mm-hmm. Good chance he's just won three out of four, and you're like, yeah. oh, God. Um, so that's because of one mistake. Well, but what don't you usually take advantage of? But that's the point. Like, you can just debate this forever. What if? Yeah, I was more saying, like, public perception. Like, this guy's faster because he's won, and that guy's won, and, you know. But, oh, yes. Like, yeah, I know exactly. Like, if you're, you're a saying, fan, yeah. you're like, what, what, what? You know? But, he's not fast enough. He Dun- just, Dungey was a little faster. Dunge does what Dunge does. Man. He just does what he does. Job done. That's it. He's like yeah. Dig Dug. He's like Dig Dug. Dig Dug will be there. Yeah, and I always say with Dunge, you can ask. I mean, I feel like every heck they had a whole uh, uh, part of the TV show is a feature on him 
you know, not being aggressive enough as they, as, and him debating that and whatnot. It's, as I say, it's really easy for everyone to just ask him to do that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But, oh, by the way, don't ever crash either. Keep the not crashing. Keep the consistency. Just be more crazy. But also keep, like, one comes with the other. Like, this is yeah, the take way more chances, plays. but don't yeah, ever so. screw up. Exactly. That's essentially what people ask for. So if you want to do that never gets hurt and gets anywhere between first and fourth every single weekend, well, maybe he takes a little something off at times. That's what it takes. He would have never done what Roxon tried to do. He would have never done that. No, yeah, no, you're right. Um, uh, hey, the big news, um, kind of going through the pits a little bit, uh, the Baker's Factory. Too many chefs in the Baker's Factory. Um, Why are you talking like the CSI <laughs> Miami guy? Because it's such an awesome thing to say. Like, it's, such, <laughs> it's so good. Um, it looks but, like there's too many chefs. In the Baker's factory, and, and then you slowly, oh, hey, when the music came. and then you slowly, no, 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 you go, you, you, after you say that, you slowly move your sunglasses down your nose and look in the camera, yeah, like totally, <laughs> David Caruso, right? Um, but yeah, Alden Baker and Kenny split up. Um, what do you guys think about that? Is it, is it a full split? Yeah, yeah, it's a full split. I talked to Kenny a little bit about it. He said they have a different arrangement. And and then what they used to do, used to have, and then all and this, that that's what that's where I am asking right. is it a full split because that sounds like there's still something going on. Well, from talking to Alden, um, the Kenny can still ride there. He's still going to ride in the Baker's factory at the track, and that's it. Okay, well, that doesn't sound like a full split to me. Then that's it. And, and Alden said, "Hey, I, you know, I'm, I'm not there for advice anymore for you. I'm not. You're not on. You know, you're not on the program." So he's not on the program. He just is allowed to come yeah. and ride, yeah. similar to like what Jesse Nelson did last sure. year or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. What do you think of that, Weege or JT? Which one do you, you guys want to weigh in Go first ahead, on this? So it's uh, gone from a marriage to it's not a full split, but it's an open relationship now. <laughs> right, which fits in fine for the yeah. sport of Supercross and motocross. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've never done it, haven't they? Um, I think it's a huge deal, an absolutely huge deal. And uh, I actually wish that we could get some other people on the line right now that we could even debate this with, because I don't think any of the three of us really um, have anything but awesome things to say about Alden's program when it's done. The results kind of speak for themselves. But there are people out there that still doubt the man and maybe don't think this is a big deal. But, I mean, Kenny could still easily win this title, but that doesn't mean this isn't big. This is big. Oh, yeah, okay. You think it's big, huh? Like... I, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I was... All this program, he's virtually undefeated. He's virtually undefeated. Hold on here. Hold on. Yeah. Uh, this is what everybody always says. You want to... Okay, let's debate this. Rattray, yeah. Weimer. Um, who else has he had? Townley. Um, Those are not A-list, A-program guys. Well, I'm just saying. I love Alden. I'm in, I'm in the biggest factor. He got me a heart rate monitor. I'm in the program. But... Uh, um, Were you the one that... Is that the problem? Is that well, why Kenny had to go? That's what I think happened. I think uh, he didn't have enough time. He didn't have enough time for Kenny after he got me in there, and then that's it. <laughs> um, Baker's quarrel. Yeah. This is why he's virtually undefeated. All right, fine. He did not train Jake Weimer to be Monster Energy Supercross champion. But basically all that arrived in the sport in 2000, and, uh, 2000 end of 2000. 2001, first place for Michael. Yeah. Michael. Yeah, yeah, summer 2000. Carmichael wins outdoor title. Dethroned Jeremy McGrath at the time was, I mean, just, that was like, 
that would be like a nuclear bomb going off in New York City from some third world country. Like, that really happened. It's so easy now to be like, well, he's the greatest of all time. Detroiting McGrath was ridiculous. Uh, hey, and not you, you, you already here. lost me. You already lost Listen, me there. He won 13 races in a row. Him. Yes, in Supercross. McGrath. McGrath. McGrath had won for eight years. He was 30 years old or whatever. I mean, it well, was time. Oh, here we go. You're it was, never going to give Carmichael credit. It was time. Who did it to McGrath? Why well, didn't someone do it to McGrath when he was 29? If you so remember, that's it. McGrath was faded so bad. If you remember that year, only- if you remember that year, and I and you were you were a flagger still. I was in the trenches. McGrath got yep. beat by a lot of people that year when RC dethroned him. He was not the same guy. Other, okay, well, explain other to me, people. I, explain to me how Ricky Carmichael went from a complete yard sale in 2000. He was not a second place guy in 2000. No, he was not. Nope. No. Winning nope. three races in a row in 2001. No, Alden's awesome. He did it. He trained him. I mean, it's. I'm just saying. Okay, Ar- so then he wins the next three in a row. Then Carmichael misses the year with a torn ACL. Then comes back and wins two in a row again. Then Alden switches to James Stewart, who wins two of the next three years. He only misses one year, so he doesn't win the title that year. With an then undefeated he season. Philip wins the next four. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the undefeated that's season. That's a ridiculous record. That's, that's a ridiculous record. So, okay, so bottom, look, I don't want to argue. We're already 20 minutes, eight minutes in. Is my wife shaking her head, saying, I don't want to argue? When I say I don't want to argue, she shakes her head like she knows I want to argue. We do. Right. Um, so you're Weege. This is really big news to you, and you feel this is a bad mistake by Kenny, and it will affect him down the road. Yes. Okay. JT? I'm fully on board with that. that <laughs> I will say this. My wife was asking me about it at dinner earlier tonight, and she summed it up pretty simply. Why would you do that when it was working out so well for you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and that's really? A, that's yes. very astute. That's, as simple as that sounds, it is. that is incredibly astute. It, it is. Really is. No, nope, yes. it is. Um, um, that's a very good point. Um, Alden's very expensive. We know that, but Kenny makes very much money, a lot, a lot of money. So, you know, we know that it's too. It's very, very easy to make up that payment when you're on that program. Right. Just look at the stats. Right, right. So, yeah, I talked to Alden a little bit about it. I don't know how much I can share. I need to ask him. I want to write about it in my column. I want to ask him what I can share. But basically, I mean, Kenny's dad is, is more in his life and – you know, Kenny's dad got him to a point that uh, uh, won a lot of races and won world titles, and, 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 you know, there was some friction at KTM, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but Kenny's dad was gone for a little while. Well, he's back, and the son and the father have, you know, decided that they're going to take it in-house a little bit. So it will be interesting to see. But I'm a believer in, you know, talent and speed, and when you got it, you got it. And I love Alden, but uh, I think the rider makes the trainer, the rider makes the machine, et cetera, et cetera. So I think Kenny will be okay. Uh, but it's it, hey, it, this is interesting. This is going hey, to Kenny be. Kenny will be okay. That's not the issue. But yeah, we're not saying he's going to start sucking. Will Kenny, yeah, will Kenny realize his potential or continue to be the same Ken Roxon we've seen in the last year and a half? I don't know that I can say that. I, yeah. Okay. I don't think so. I really don't. I right. think you will go back to seeing the incredibly fast and talented Kenny Rockson. Mm-hmm. But I, I really, do, I think that whatever Alden Baker does between his blood tests and 
making sure they're at peak levels all the time and, and the fitness regimen that he has them on. I, I think that, you know, I think that people disagree on the workload that mm-hmm. Alden puts people through, but it's very, very simple to me. If you are a capable winner in the 450 class, which I don't think the Tyler Rattray was, I hate to say it, but I don't think Jake Weimer is. I don't think that Ben Townley was on Supercross. But if you are a capable winner, that is the best program in motocross or Supercross. Mm-hmm. I, I, have, I say that with no reservations whatsoever. So to, to get away from that, especially given the Supercross, I'm, I'm sorry, the success that you've already experienced in the last year of being on this program, it, that's just incredibly foolish to me. Incredibly. And, and I'm Whoa. saying that from the outside. I'm not, in, I'm not in the middle of it. I'm, I don't have a day-to-day reference point. Mm-hmm. But from the outside, that's incredibly foolish. Wow, harsh words. No, strong, it's not harsh. That's well, my opinion. Strong, I, strong opinion by Jason Thomas. It is a strong opinion. No offers. No. Rockson, I wish the best for him. I, yeah. I like Kenny. I think he's a great kid. Yeah. He's always been super nice to me. I wish nothing but the best for him. I just think sitting from the outside, which means nothing. My opinion means absolutely nothing in the big scheme of things. I just think it's the wrong decision. No waffling at all. Nope. Why get? Not on this. No, no. So. No. I, Hey, Pookie sounds it up. I mean, you, I don't see how you could how you could waffle. I, as I was saying, it's really easy now to look back and be like, oh, all he did was win with Ricky Carmichael, but he's the greatest ever. And all he did was win with Filippoto, who's amazing. But there's no way in 2000. What about James Stewart? In the fall of 2000. Yeah, or James Stewart. Yeah, say, oh, they're just great. Well, there's no way in the fall of 2010 when he hooked up with Filippoto that everybody's like, <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter what Villapoto does. He's going to win the next four Supercross titles in a row. He'll just beat Stewart and Reed, Dungey, no problem. He'll just handle those guys. No one assumed at that point that he was um, going to be that good. You know, also, it, too. It's easy to look back now and take it for granted and just say the riders were amazing. I don't know if they would have been as amazing as they turned out to be without this guy. Hey, hey. You know, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. What I look at, and I've been thinking about this since I kind of heard the news, I've been thinking about every scenario and all the riders and – you know, I, I, I've trained with Elvin. I've been on that program, and I've, you know, got my ass handed to me. When he was on Ricky's program, I was there riding. I, I know how hard it is. I was there when he was doing Villapoto stuff. It's really, really hard. And I look at, in 2010, I looked at Ryan Villapoto, and I looked at Ryan Dungey, and I watched their Supercross seasons. To me, personally, they were almost exactly the same level. They would trade off wins. They would battle. You didn't know who was going to be who. There was really nothing to distinguish them. Ever since Bill Poto moved to Alden, Bill Poto was better. I really think it's harder, hard to argue that. And, and well, I look at before, they were the same after Bill Poto was better. And that, that's enough for me. That's, I mean, that's uh, enough for me to, to prove a point. There were some injuries involved, but RV won one out of three Supercross titles that he went in the 250 class. Then he moved to 450s and won them all. When he wasn't hurt, so well he lost the first one. He got hurt. No, when time. he wasn't hurt, yeah. Um, right, him and Ryan Dungey were basically the same that year. If you, you know, they were yeah. they were almost tied in points in the race that he crashed, and they were battling. Maybe you know, I, I view them as the same person almost then. Maybe I'm coming. But, ar- maybe I'm coming around because I saw we I saw photos of RV at Hawaii after he his surgery and everything <laughs> before he hooked up oh. with Alden. <laughs> I look at Ricky. Who are I, I mean. Look at Ricky. It's it's very simple right. to see the work level and the nutrition and all the things that that his program consists right. of. Well, it's I mean it's not hard to figure out. 
So the chef. Hey, I'm glad JT went where he did with this with the Dungey Villapoto thing. And we're this is going to go full circle. I I've, I agree totally. At one point, it would be really hard to pick a favorite Dungey versus RV, but obviously the last four years. When RV was there, he was able to put up an awesome challenge and all, but RV was, the titles don't lie. So I always said to myself, man, does Dungey look back and say, if I had just locked in Alden, A, to have him for myself, and B, to prevent him from working with RV, would these last four years have been different? I have to wonder if Dungey's thought about that. But now, might it turn out five years later that Dungey and Alden are finally getting, this is like the, uh, it's like the sitcom where there was like the, the, the couple that was supposed to get together for years and finally in the final season, they finally get together, the couple that was meant to be. Is this what we're about to see with Alden and Dunge, who is now the points leader? Yep. Does, well, I, you know, like when James Stewart was with, I'm sorry, was with Alden, Dungey stayed there and Dungey was around. And then James basically told him, from, from what I heard, James basically told him, hey, you're the next big thing. Uh, yeah, you can't be around. This was like '09, I believe. Um, and and then he, you know, he went back and did our, you know, the RC thing and rented the track and trained himself and all that stuff. So he knows. He already kind of knew not everything. Like I'm sure Alden wasn't doing his blood work and doing all the stuff that he was doing for James at the time. But he obviously already saw parts of the program and, and the workload and stuff like that. So if he didn't think that there was something to it, he would have never joined this whole program because realistically he joined the enemy. I mean, this has been the enemy to him, his whole career. I the Alvin Baker program has been his nemesis. I mean, it's been his downfall. He, he has been unable to beat the Alvin Baker program, whether it's Ryan Bill Poto or whether it's Ken Roxon, he couldn't beat it. It just didn't happen. Yeah. Does Dungey hire? Really, this is really interesting. Does Dungey hiring a chef take him to new levels? <laughs> um, I want to see Dunge come out opening ceremonies with an apron and a chef's hat. And a I big... think Dungey is a chef. He didn't hire a chef. He, he is a chef. He went to Hell's Kitchen. No, Baker's the chef. Right? He is the... No, the riders are the chefs. There are too many chefs in the Baker's factory. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't work either way. You're right. <laughs> the we're exposing the completely flawed use of words this entire, um, entire thing. Well, hey, let's... Hey, I got one more thing for Jason. Oh, here we one go. More thing for Jay. I don't care. This right. is big. This is big enough to be worth a half an hour or whatever. Uh, one other argument you're going to hear about this is, dude, it's super cross. The main events are 17 minutes. They don't even need to be in that big a shape. It's only outdoors where it matters. JT, could you take us through a 17-minute super cross main event and then tell us the fitness does not matter? Can you, can you do that, please? Oh, that's silly. That's silly. Um, I had a conversation this weekend. Uh, I think you guys were you were in on it where, you know, questions on fitness during Supercross and does it matter? Cardio yeah. levels are everything in Supercross. Uh, strength matters, sure. Um, but at this level, at the guy, the level of the guys that are winning races, they're all, they're all strong. Uh, that's not a, a matter of anything. But cardio levels are incredibly important. Being able to hold a heart rate, it, where they're at, they're 185, 190 maybe, which is a damn near close to max, you know, maximum heart rate. Um, and when they're sprinting laps, they're there. So to be able to hold that for the whole race and mentally be able to, to function at that level is tough. 
So I, it's a huge deal. Absolutely, it's a huge deal. I felt like I had to train cardio-wise much, much more intensely for Supercross than I did outdoors. Outdoors was more about being able to withstand the heat and not cramping up and being like having your back strong enough to withstand that. All those things are what much more important. Supercross is all about cardiovascular fitness. That's huge. It's going to be interesting That's to see. Good insight. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Good insight. It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, all right, 40 minutes later, you two are done ranting and raving. No, this is a big deal. Okay. Um, uh, Anderson had a bad crash. Hopefully he's okay, I guess. Ooh, that was ugly, though. You guys saw that? Gosh, that was a oh, so ugly. I can't... first race without Alden, he got 15th. <laughs> oh, here we go. Obvious. Here we go. It's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Go back, Kenny. Go back. <laughs> um... Uh, Sealy rode well to get fifth. You know, I've, I've interviewed like riders after the races for so long now that I fell into a terrible pattern with Sealy because a guy like Cole Sealy, okay, he was second early on, right? He made some mistakes. He got shuffled back to fifth. Now, I think that's still a good ride for a rookie like Cole Sealy in the class. Do you all agree? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, so nine times out of ten, that's a great ride, all circumstances considered. I ten would, out of ten. Okay, I would go and ask guys that after the race. And I'd be like, hey, man, good ride. And they would almost always tell me, these types of guys, I don't mean Sealy in particular, but these types of guys would tell me, well, not really, man. I, you know, I could have won. I was in second, and I dropped back, and I'm pissed. And, I, you know, and you're like thinking to yourself, bro, like fifth in the Supercross is good for where you're at. So I said that to Sealy. Like, oh, you're probably not happy. And he's like, no, I'm stoked. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Okay, so now i got to – like." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was just conditioned to, to know that these guys, if they lose any positions, it's a bad night for them, you know? And, and so Sealy rode well, and he said he was stoked, even though he was second at one point. So good job for Sealy. Well, I look at his night in general because he rode really well in, in his heat race. Uh, he just had a good, he had a good day he was on the, overall. He was on the board a few times in practice. Yeah, so. yeah. He just he was on it all day. Yeah. And fifth is probably not the you know, end all result he wants, but it's the yeah. best result of the season. And I felt like for the first time all year, he was actually relevant in the main event. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a building block and it's good. And yeah. he knows he's a rookie. It's, you well, know, guy, I think guys get a little bit unrealistic about what they're going to do. They think they're going to come in and win right away. And, and it happens, you know, everybody's seen it happen, but yeah. the way that the way that the field is this year with the, the strength of it and regardless of what David Villeman thinks, the depth of it, which is getting thinner by the by the weekend, but still, yeah, uh, it, it's really really tough. I mean, you look at who beat him. I, I put all those guys ahead of him almost yeah. every time. You know, maybe yeah. Reed has had some rough weekends, but on a right. typical Chad Reed weekend, you put all those guys ahead of him every time. So, I thought it was a great ride. Um, uh, Barsha won a heat, which is great. In the main event, though, kind of just kind of stayed there. Did they show him much on TV, Weege? But he he. He had a gap for the Sealy, and he had a gap on Millsaps, and kind of a quiet night for Barsha. Yeah, you really couldn't tell much. Actually, it was uh, there was like a furious, just like Anaheim too. There was like this furious, like what second or third through like ninth pack yeah. for about five laps there. And it's really hard. I mean, we watched it on TV or last week when I was there. If you someone were to quiz you at the end of the race and be like, "How did this unfold?" You could not remember. It's just 
dudes are passing dudes. Like, where was that? Where was Kennard as opposed to Seeley and Dungey yeah. you know, on lap three, for example? It's just a mess. The yeah. first four or five laps early in the season like yeah. this, everyone is just going for it. But still a little worried about Barsha, man. Yeah. I haven't seen him. Uh, he tends to finish where he starts a lot. After which, four. After four yeah, races, no no podiums for him. I'm thinking that's a little disappointing. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, if you just laid out those finishes on paper yeah, uh, and said this is what Barsha is going to get the first four races of the year, people will be freaking out. Now, maybe they can have circumstances that make them say, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, but this happened and that happened. But I'm sure at the beginning of the year when they signed a deal and said this will be the result in the first four, they'd be like, oh, crap. Right. Um, Shorty yeah. has a starting He's secret. He's going to get a shot, oh, but sorry. hasn't uh, – Sorry. He can still win if he gets a whole shot. I don't want to make us look like idiots if he wins next weekend, but it's um, not great right now. Uh, Shorty has a whole shot secret, JT, but he won't tell you. Uh, <laughs> he does, and he won't tell me. He thinks that I would go run my mouth to other friends that I may have in the pits. Right, but right. That's he, fine, and he, I did. I certainly didn't ask for his secret. I just said, hey, man, great start. I know you're beat up. That was awesome, though. Yeah. Thanks for putting uh, my gear of choice out front, you know, I was, just, I was pumped. Yeah, you know, I, nice to he see. He was lucky to even be racing that weekend yeah. with his injury. Like, he was so sore. So, yeah, he, he's, you know, he was, we were having some fun about it. He's unbelievable. Like, I, I don't want to just, you know, gargle him more, which I do on this, on the preseason podcast. And, but he is an amazing human being. He just. Absolutely. I mean. I agree. Uh, I did interview him after the races, and he's just like, man, that was fun. I was leading laps. Like, that was awesome. I, I mean, yeah, I went right to the back, but I'm sore. But, man, I had fun. I, it's awesome to lead. I'm just like, God bless you, Andrew Short. <laughs> I would say he's one of the most well-rounded human uh, beings. I just, I mean, I, again, I don't want to, you know, come off of saying this. No, that, that, that's uh, genuine. I, just, I think it's genuine on both sides. Yeah. You know, me and you. It's just... Good, good guy. <laughs> he is. He really is. Um, uh, he's easy to cheer for. Ah, he is, and and I and I feel like he's. I feel some writers aren't genuine in their interviews, and they're not telling the truth, and they're going through the motions. I, I do not feel that way with Shorty. That is not an act. He's he's telling you how he feels, good or bad or whatever, you know. And usually it's good. So, uh, Blake Baggett working with RJ. Did you listen to Mike Webb's podcast, Wagant? Oh, is that who M Webb is? Yes. That was a typo. I couldn't I'm put through it. I'm like, <laughs> is it C Webb? No, I didn't want to just put Webb there because people would probably just go right to him and go, "What do you say about Bowers?" So I had to put the M Webb. <laughs> uh, but I hadn't seen Mike in the pits at all this year, so I wanted to get his take on on Blake's season. And 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 Mike Webb called RJ. He called RJ in. Put the SO- really? He put the SOS, you know, two-hip uh, uh, bat spotlight up, and RJ comes, came coming. And, uh, yeah, working with Blake a little bit because Mike thought that uh, Blake was, you know, kind of falling into some 250 habits on the 450. And uh, so far, they're pumped. RJ, he's back. I feel like RJ does have some really good uh, – I think he really knows what he's talking about when he, when he- – when he's working with the dudes. It, unfortunately, it never seems like it lasts long enough. Yeah. And that's probably for a million other reasons. That any of these dudes, including like Villaman, any generation they come from, what do they always say? The young guys don't want to listen to the old guys. But the <laughs> yeah. old guys seem to think they've got something to teach. Yeah. So, 
We'll is, see how long this goes. Is Jason Thomas in danger of walking home? No, he's not in danger. But I feel like it's gone from completely impossible to <laughs> within miracle range. I'll put it this way. I've got all my flights booked for the rest of the year, and I feel good about it. Yeah. And you feel like you'll be making all of them? Yeah, I, I feel good about it. I don't feel like I'll be getting any refunds. Oh, if it happens and you don't walk home, you're really going gonna... to. I may be streaking out into the middle of the track <laughs> to prevent this. <laughs> uh, honestly, too, I hate to say this, and, and maybe, you know, there's probably some advertisers going to get mad, but Blake, your look, Blake, your look. Like the neck brace and the helmet and the gear, Blake. Someone needs like you know, someone needs an intervention here going on, right? I'm gonna stay out of it just because I'm in the industry. Yeah, I guess so you can't. Yeah, you have to stay out of it. But I don't know, Weegee. He's got his mouth guard in. He talks with his mouth guard in all the time. Come on, Blake. Um, I like Blake. <laughs> I do too. I'm just <laughs> hey. Look, well, it looks great. I like the look. Okay, I, I found out that Metcalf is only doing the first six. So I, there lots of rumors. I finally talked to Medi. So Medi hasn't had a good run. No, no. I expected. I expected more. I, I mean, I don't know if maybe I was. Yeah. Maybe I was misled or I was right. just wrong. But I I hold Medi in a pretty high regard, and I I just thought he'd be a little bit better, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Filthy Phil made his first appearance. Um, and he made it about 50 yards in the main event before going down. So <laughs> it was a, it was a it was a hell of a 50 yards though. Yeah, filthy. Uh, he won the LCQ though, so that's that's he good. Did. Yep. He did. He yeah. had. A, I mean, he was fine. He just was. Um, at this point, anytime he goes down, it just draws your attention, and you can't help but laugh. <laughs> uh, Vince Freeze, thoughts on his race, JT? First, first. Um, I heard really good things about him. He was riding really well during the week and stuff. Um, but I mean, he made the main and rode solid. I guess he he got docks, which so he should have been uh, two spots, sixteenth right. or fifteenth yeah. no, or whatever. He was sixteenth um, now. Yeah, he so got docked, but yeah, whatever. I mean, um, I mean, clearly not a fan. But Davalos hey, raced, made the main. I put him. I think I nailed his Moto Dynasty finish. I said there's no chance that Davalos like you know races hard and gets tenth or twelfth or whatever, which he's capable of doing. So yeah, I, he I barely missed out. Yeah, he barely missed out. I had him in twentieth, I think. Uh, Frederick Norn made a main event. I'm surprised. I'm. I was shocked. Surprised. I like Fast Freddy. Oh, everybody likes Fast Freddy. It's not personal. Uh, people t- people tend to think it is sometimes. Um, I don't think so. I think it's just we. This is our job. We analyze how people ride. I mean, he, I, I like the guy. The he guy ha- he's <laughs> super nice and genuine and all that. But he has some close he has calls. Even even this weekend, he has the tendency to, you know, toss his bike across stadiums. <laughs> uh, Josh Grant, that's like a anger? <laughs> uh, no. I don't know if it's out of anger or not, but the results are the same. Um, <laughs> Josh Grant is having a rough season. I meant to ask Chad about thoughts on his rider, but then I probably shouldn't have after the race. But Josh Grant is, I mean, it's not going well. So, um. Brock Tickle uh, cased that same triple that Roxon did on the very first lap. Hurt his back. That's why he pulled out. People who are wondering what happened there. He he qualified right out of the heat, bro. Good job by him. Let's hope he's okay. He was on the board. What? RCH undoing. Yeah, that triple jump. I know, right? Wow. He was uh, he was fast. He was on the board in uh, yeah. the final practice for a while and got bumped at the end. But yeah. 
yeah, he was he had a good night going. I think those conditions are good for him. You know that yeah, softer, ruddier, technical. Right, he's better at that. So, um, he's okay. All right. Anything else on four with these? You guys want to move on? Uh, you know who didn't even get mentioned? Oddly, hmm. was the uh, fourth place finisher who just two weeks ago was the yeah. best rider in the world. Yeah, uh, Eli Tomac. Okay? Yeah, I is mean, it, it's not, it's okay. I mean, it's not horrible, but is this weird or is it? What, it what was is very it? much like okay. Anaheim too, for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, is that okay? Yeah. Uh yeah, I think he just hangs in there. You know, takes a podium. Like, wasn't his night or whatever. Okay. I mean, Canard was. Yeah, good. wasn't wasn't horrible, but he wasn't. No, Phoenix, no, no. Eli nope. either. Is this? Right. Let me ask. I don't want to ask JT this question, so let me ask why again, because JT's answer will be ridiculous. Kind of mean. Um, is this a turnaround for Reed Wygant? Is this a light switch? Is this? Did he flick the oh, switch? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So that that that's interesting to me. He he. Chad told me after the race that had that shenanigans not happened last weekend, he felt like he had a fifth or sixth place bike. And, you know, or whatever, fifth or sixth place finish in them, which was an improvement, which would have been an improvement. And then he felt like this weekend they were closer yet. So it's going to be interesting to see if that, uh, if that holds true. So, um, part- yeah, I know that uh, he, uh, he argued that, um, he, you know, the points last weekend, most people, I think, were like, ah, whatever. He was not going to win the title anyway. And I think Chad was like, hey, hold on here. You know, it's only – this was only – we'd only completed two races. Mm-hmm. And – that probably sounded ridiculous at the time, but like I said, you just have to believe the guy. He says, I'm looking for a certain feeling on my bike, and when I get it, I'll be fine. And I think he just proved it uh, again. I'm watching this main event as we speak right now. Mm-hmm. Lap 10, Dungey was on him. Yeah. He pulled back away he from did. Dungey. He did. No. Yep. You can't and kill him. And too. Tomac was right behind Dungey. He, he pulled away from him. He's Dracula. I'm telling you, you can't kill him. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. He just, he's there, man. And and that's what you got to admire about him. At the end of the, no matter how many, if he never wins another race, it's just, it's amazing, you know. I mean, we're talking eleven years of being a race contender. Not every weekend, but a lot. So, uh, well, as he said earlier in the show, at thirty years old, Jeremy McGrath was there was just no way he could possibly beat anybody. He was terrible because he was thirty. Uh, he's yeah. the greatest Supercross rider ever. Reed is way older than that, and is still right in the hunt. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, let, hey, listen yep. to this Racetech commercial, Racetech.com. Use the code Publimex1415, I guess now, to save yourself money at Racetech. Uh, Vince Freeze, uh, Jimmy Dakotas, Cody Gilmore, among others, privateer proven. Uh, Racetech suspension, and uh, we'll be right back on the BTOsports.com. RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing to discuss the 250 class. Thanks for listening to these podcasts, everybody. I appreciate it. This is Mathis. Hey, did you guys know that chances are the bike that's in your garage needs some sort of suspension work? I guarantee you, 74.3% of you listening to this either need your suspension oil changed, you need to get proper springs for your size or speed, or you need your bushings or your bushings are worn out, or something is going on with your suspension. Don't neglect your suspension. Enjoy your ride. And the best way to do that is by sending it to the folks at Racetech. Racetech is the world's largest aftermarket uh, suspension mod company. They've been doing this stuff since for 30 years, people. They've been uh, in business. Of course, they've worked with some of the world's best riders. Right now, they're each setup and product is 100% guaranteed. They're made in the USA. 
Vince Freeze uses race tech suspension to get third overall in uh, last year's 250 E-Series. Cody Gilmore, Jimmy Dakotas, they're all on uh, race tech suspension. It's privateer proven. They've offered a full line of race tech high-performance springs. They're high-performance because they're extremely lightweight for the rates and feature the tightest tolerances in the industry. Pulp MX-15 saves you 20% at Racetech, Racetech.com. Vintage stuff also available. Anything to do with suspension, these guys can do it. Trust me, tune up your ride. You need it because you know it's been sitting in the garage. You haven't serviced it for a long time. Just do it. Use the code. Save yourself money. Thanks to Racetech for supporting all these podcasts. Do it. Racetech. Do it. And we're back. BTOsports.com, RacerX Podcast, presented by Fox Racing. Wygant Thomas on the line with me, uh, breaking down Oakland. Uh, Overstock.com Coliseum. I wish they were out of stock of that Coliseum. I wish they didn't have stock in that Coliseum. <laughs> because that is a place, I mean, I love the Raiders, but. That's your Graceland. <laughs> it's, it's not my Graceland. Good God. Um, okay, uh, 250s, wow. Um First, and we can't talk about this too long. We got to go. It's, it's late. But um, uh, the Bowers Martin, Bowers Webb, sorry. Uh, I got Alex Martin on the brain. Who doesn't? Um, Bowers Webb collision. There was some harsh words said. And, and Bowers said in my post race podcast that he's got no worries about Cooper. He's a real man. He spent time in jail, which I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, things got heated. I need to see the replay again. I tweeted it about. It looked kind of like a racing incident to me. It looked a lot like Barsha coming in on Sealy, Sealy turning down, Sealy thinking Barsha took him out bad, but Barsha didn't really know he was doing that. But then again, what are you doing, Barsha, at the bottom of the berm? But not, I don't know. Let we, what, No, JT, what do you think? Personally, I think they're kind of in this back and forth. You know, you hit me, I hit you, and any chance they get, they're going to hit each other type thing right now. Um, I do think that Cooper Webb turned down a little bit sooner than Bowers thought, but I also think that Bowers put that elbow well, in there. Well, there was that elbow, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was a little bit of both. I think that Bowers was like, oh, crap, this is going to be harder than I want. Ah, whatever. I'll throw an elbow as well. So mm-hmm. I think there was both sides of that, but I don't think I, I think he went in there to make the pass and make contact. It just got a little bit more violent than he was hoping for because Cooper turned down pretty hard. It was a good hit. It was a good oh, hit. It was it was a really hard hit. I so, mean, it was probably the most violent impact of the year thus far. Weege, what do you think? My question is: turned down for what? <laughs> turned down for what? <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I didn't think – it is unfortunate, I think, that they had the deal last week because I think they both left it at the track. No one was mad at anyone. I don't think Bowers came into the race saying, I owe him one. No, no. And then this happens, but it looks worse because it looks like, oh, well, Bowers owed him one and was going to get him back. Plus, he's Bowers. He's a ring across guy. He's evil. He's taken dudes out before. So I think all of that wasn't really actually at play, but it just looks that way. Um but uh, it doesn't really matter. Like, yeah, he was – I guess there's some some level of respect there. Like, if you just put your bike that far to the inside, like you said about Marshall last week, mm-hmm. uh, 
even if you don't want to take a dude out, you're going to seriously be doing some damage if you keep putting your bike in those positions and then putting the elbow out too. So, well, um, I, I don't think it was, I'm taking Cooper out. That's my goal here. I owe him one. But damn, was that a hard hit. I mean, like, don't put your bike there. After That's all the, happened. after all the, um, black flag talk and this and that, I mean, both riders were pretty adamant that, they're going to hit each other this weekend or ASAP as soon as they can. So I guess we'll see more black flags. Yeah. I don't know. I I thought both of them handled it the wrong way after the race. Little harsh by both of them. Bowers was only reacting to Webb because Webb was on the podium, you know. But, um, I mean, come on, man. You know, like uh, maybe the elbow did it, though. If you're Webb, you're like, I also got taken out and then I got like a thrown elbow in my head. I don't know. I thought the remarks by Cooper were a little like, come on, man. No? Or is that? I think these guys are who they are. Like, this is what you've seen with them, Mm -hmm. with other guys, and this is what happens to get together. I mean, Webb already, in just one year, we learned pretty well that he's not afraid to say what he thinks. Yeah. Uh, And Bowers has been doing that for 10 years. Like, he's a talker. If you want to rough up, he'll be more than glad to get involved in that. Bowers no, does this is the inevitable conclusion. Bowers does play the poor poor me card a lot though. For a guy who's consistently invo- involved in incidents. Oh yeah. Yeah, he he's he's good at explaining. He he could be a lawyer, I think. I think so, right? He's very good at that. Um yeah, it was pretty gnarly, for sure. sure. I I mean I don't know. Will we see payback? I mean, why no, nobody should be upset about Webb's pass at A2. No one. Nothing wrong with that. On the last lap. I think Bowers was. No, I know. I'm just saying, like. Yeah. But but don't you feel like that has something to do with it? No, I don't. You don't think Webb? Oh, I do. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think Webb thought. I thought Webb. Webb is thinking that Bowers got him back for A2, which, and Webb's thinking my pass was clean and fantastic. Oh, yeah. Everyone's thinking that, except I don't think that's why Bowers did it. Okay. I disagree. I disagree. Really? Yeah. Wow. There's no way you can be leading and with two turns to go, and it wasn't even dirty or anything, but, you know, there's there's an altercation. You end up going down. Then the next weekend, you just plow that same guy in the main event. I mean, the hardest hit I've seen in a long time, and they're, they, they're just not related. I, I, don't, I don't know that how that can be that much of a coincidence. But Bowers gave him full credit last week. He said it was great. I would have done the same thing. I have no problem with it at all. Yeah, all he didn't time, have any problem with it. Time. He just, he just <laughs> didn't have a problem with it this weekend either. <laughs> <laughs> Stevie said in your podcast, I'm a grown-ass man that you're dealing with now. Yeah. Yes, and also a bear. He's, also a, he's, a, he's some kind of centaur. Where did you – what I've come to. Hold on, though. Where did you get this bear thing from? What are you saying? Tweeted it. Tweet. I want to let this bear get a hold of you. Oh, I saw those tweets. I must have forgot or I slept on the bear part. Oh, good. Yeah. So good. No. Cooper Webb's a scared dog. Tyler's a grown-ass man slash bear. <laughs> and they're going to – it's gone full uh, full animalistic here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like you said, um, well, a minotaur is half man, half bull. But let's just say he's a minotaur. Bowers yeah, centaur, is. minotaur, bear man. Bear man, yeah, yeah. Tyler, b- bearers, bearers. 
Um, I just hey, <laughs> riders with Twitter is the gift that keeps our bearers. Bearers. towers. <laughs> what if he comes out opening ceremonies with a bear rug around him, like a, a you know, like a like a like, like a, Ricky at U.S. Open, right? But he's dressed in bear. He's got a bear head on. He's getting lowered from the ceiling. <laughs> he's making these. He's making these clawing noises at Cooper. Um, it, it, it uh, how'd that work out for you? I think is still the best one of the year. <laughs> That's still, I think, number one. But Bowers's Twitter rant was probably closing up fast. Athletes with Twitter is the gift that keeps on giving. It is. It is. You can also see their their level of schooling many times. Um, it, 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 yeah. Uh, um. If you're, if you're John Gallagher, and God help you if you are, uh, do you say anything to these guys? Do you, hey, Tyler, we saw your tweets. Hey, Cooper, you said you wanted to say the B word on the TV show. Um, do you say anything to these guys? Uh, I think Gallagher's had his voice uh, removed at this point. <laughs> I don't believe he can say. I don't think he physically is capable of saying anything to anyone. Do you think he got? You his think hands he been tied, his tongue has been cut out. You think he got in some trouble for that ruling last week? Uh, yeah, I think I he got in trouble, even if he did not. Because I think he did. But even if he hadn't, mm-hmm. regardless, there's no way that you're not like, oh man, I don't want to have to hit the switch again. Because this <laughs> please, everybody, be right clean this weekend. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So I do find it hilarious that we're saying, hey, all right, you set the precedent, no retaliation, and these two dudes have literally said, <laughs> right. okay, set your watches, next Saturday, yeah. 7 o'clock, retaliation's coming. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, and <laughs> Oh, man. Um, well, that was certainly interesting. It's turning, turning heads. What about <laughs> Webb's ride, though? Holy shitballs. You watch. You watch, I said. I did. Actually, no, I didn't. I know, I know, you actually <laughs> didn't. Um, <laughs> you leave. I mean, he didn't win, but there's no doubt, JT. He's he he's got these guys. He's on another level. That was an incredible ride. Yes, uh, absolutely incredible. I was literally just like bumping people next to me, like, "Are you guys? Are you guys seeing this?" Because <laughs> I was way. Um, man, kudos to him. I, I know he was pissed off, but. Yeah, he was. He he didn't even you know as as mad as he was at Tyler Bowers. He was just like, "Not now, dude. I got things to do." Yeah, yeah. Just out of there. He he wins that race with another lap. No, oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And that's nothing against Mookie. Like, no. Mookie, congrats to him. Yeah. You know that's that's awesome for him. Nothing but great things to say about him. But holy crap, was and I say crap with all due respect to Cooper Webb. That was a great cool ride. Crap. It's cool as crap. That ride was. And he said uh, that was bull crap by Bowers too. So he used the, he pulled the crap card out again. <laughs> he likes the crap word. He does. Crap is clearly his go-to move. Yeah. And Bowers is a bear. Um, is a bear crap in the woods? <laughs> well, um, it was a yeah awesome ride. And then uh, 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 Mookie wins the race, first career race. Rode great to do it. Um, you know, never really. Kind of qualifying, he was good. He was okay in the heat race. He was good. Well, actually, he was good until Cooper took him down, which I think that was just a racing incident. Again, I need to see it again. But it looked like Cooper just surprised the shit out of Mookie because he was traveling at Mach 4 in the heat race. 
you know. Um, well, I think I think the trash and the heat race, Mookie just turned down too early. That was turned down for it what? Was, it was <laughs> for it what? Was just more that that was more Mookie's fault. He just mistimed it. Yeah, you know, no big deal. It right. wasn't dirty at no, all. No, I don't think so. Mookie just mistimed it. Um, but we do the show on Thursday. It's called the Fly Moto Sixty Show, uh, and I that was my call for the next winner was Mookie. So yeah, the next first time winner. Uh, yeah, and you so know what, Tim? It's a long time coming. And Weege, like we, I, I've written this, and we've talked about it too. Like, they, the Geico guys probably got him so cheap. Do you know what I mean? He had no ride. He went to the went to the Red Bull Straight Rhythm. He was on a, he bought a four fifty from Troy Lee, and it was full privateer guy. And here he wins a race for him. You know, like probably on incentive only deal or whatever. Like great signing by Geico guys. It is amazing how that works because. If some like yeah, no team had room or wanted him or whatever. But no. at the same time, the fact that he won isn't like this huge shock. Like oh my god, like it all kind of. He's a good rider, you know. He's in the two fifty class. You know, we've we've seen worse riders than him have won race in the two fifty class. Like the fact that he won is not like yeah, this like, happened. And yeah. the fact that he wasn't available is just a weird set of circumstances there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and from everything I heard of that team, by the way. You know, I think one of the things we've always debated here is like, ah, uh, yeah, but he's part of the Stewart group. Does that is that good or bad? Does it bring drama? I, I've heard they're pumped. They say he's great to work with. He's professional. He works hard. He he, he takes care of his business. There've been no problems whatsoever. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good job by Mookster. Mookie Fever running high. Um, uh, Zach Bell finally got a whole shot. Good for him. Fifth place. I think that that's the career best, I think, right? Fifth? I think that's career best for him. In Supercross, I would yeah. think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Alex Martin. Good job by Amart, man. Overshadowed by Jeremy a lot. You know, he's a veteran guy. And, uh, man, he was good. He was really good. His fitness hey, is There up. was a minute there where I thought he was going to go win that race. <laughs> I know what Weege was on a couch oh, wow. dreaming, thinking he was dreaming. <laughs> Seriously, he was real reeling good. Mookie in. He was, yeah. Good job by him. Yeah, that's awesome. Good. Uh, everyone, you know, if you don't know Alex Martin out there, super hardworking guy, very, very humble, nice kid. Yeah. So you, the kind of guy you want to see do well. You know, those guys yeah. don't get a ton of spotlight. Right. Not on the podium very often. So, great, yeah. great job. Yeah, he's riding well this year. Uh, on a deeper uh, West Coast, he's maybe doing better than ever, you know. Um, Plessinger hey, came from – I've been wondering what would happen if Aldridge and uh, Zach Bell uh, were battling. What what would happen? <laughs> yeah. And it literally took three turns. They started one two. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, how's this gonna go? And it, they pretty much collided in midair and formed like an X. Yeah. Like, Be- through each other and managed to not crash. Aldridge's front wheel went into Bell's head, or the other way around? Did I have it mixed up? <laughs> I can't. I, that they, was amazing. I don't at know that point, but that's a dangerous combo. Those two. I don't know what happened there, but can you imagine the transfer of power between those two? It's an expensive parts budget. I can tell you that. <laughs> Aldridge is having a rough go. Oh shit, oh. man! I mean, this is Zach Bell ish, right? We, we we. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, same deal. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Everything looks great, and then, oh, my gosh, I hope he's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that was a good crash. Um, actually, Albertson, Aldrich, and Josh Grant all crashed right there. Same thing. I think they clipped that third one. Yep. I think that's the deal. They clipped the triple, and then it was over, lights out from there. Um, Justin Hill, man, fastest qualifier, 
Did he win a heat race? Can't remember. He did. He did he again, did. right? And then he does that in the main event, like fall, leading, looking great. I probably thought he was going to win, and then he just crashes in the sand, and then he just goes backwards. Yeah, that was his race to win. Yeah, no doubt. He and had then, that one. And then how about Josh Hill? Three straight main events, no qualifying. Gosh, that's he looked great too. That's, he looks really good in practice. I thought that's pretty amazing. Josh Hill, no qualify, three weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Rough, rough, rough couple weeks for the Hill brothers here. Um, Osborne, sixth place, kind of rode a quiet race a little bit. Um, uh, McElrath, too. Nelson crashed on the first lap. He was dead last. So, 11th place for Nelson, or 10th place for Nelson. Not too shabby. Um, anything else in 250-wise? You guys can think? Um, Not really. Okay. Um, just, you know, interesting with the. Uh... I think the drama is, you know, moving forward. It'll just be what happens well, next weekend because they're certainly give us, giving us a lot to look forward to. Just to set the stage even more, with Nelson's crappy Oakland, Bowers is now second in the points to Webb. So there are now eight points. Webb is eight points up on Bowers. So, you know, there actually really is, uh, besides all the other stuff going on, there really is a title at stake here. I mean, again, you know, between well, the two guys, that, they're that one and the two. Needed. Hill needed. <clears throat> that was his race to, you know, I mean, I, I think it was the favorite for the championship. And if he had won that race, mm-hmm. you know, that was the opportunity he was looking for. And then with Nelson getting the bad start, yeah, it's amazing how quickly things turn. I mm-hmm. mean, Nelson could have won last week. Hill could have won this week. Instead, it's really just Cooper Webb's, We're, Cooper Webb's web. We're living in it. He was good. Oh, Webb was good. I told you guys to watch. I told you both to watch. <laughs> um. Yeah, he's got to work on his starts. He can't keep doing that. But uh, he was uh, – the last two weeks, he's just been so good. Hard for me to see anybody beating him, but I guess you just finished telling us, Weege, how Nelson and Hill's seasons could have been different, you know? So who knows? But I mean, Webb was the fastest guy, oh, no doubt. Yeah. But, yeah, but they still, they could have won those races and things would at least look different. Right. So you guys both have Kenny getting 15th again this weekend now due to the split? This is all going to just fall apart on him? 15 sounds about right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Um, so that's 16th. Three's getting penalized. 16th. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if, that, what if it comes down to that one point? Another classic Ken Rocks and Vince Reed's battle. I've seen it all the time. Um yeah, Way didn't make the main again. Albertson didn't make it. LeMay. LeMay, yeah. But yet, Russ gets in. Noren gets in. Nothing against those guys, but I would have the other guys being better than those guys. You know, got to get a good start with a. Yeah. You know, a few years ago they cut the, the LCQs from six laps to four laps. Yeah, and that makes a big difference. It really, really does. Yeah, and if anybody knows about LCQs, Weege, it's JT. I mean, good God. I feel like I'm on the leading edge of LCQ uh, how, expertise. How many do you think you won? Oh, I don't know. Uh, scientists are still working on the quantum physics to figure out a number that high. I mean, did you win 20? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It was a lot. It was definitely a lot because you have to figure. I started in the you know the the big bike class right. so long ago. I mean, it's been 1997. It was a lot. Right. You know, I, I have 127, I think, main events in the big bike class and another 35 in the, in the little bike class. 
There's the, a lot of LCQ wins in there. Guy on Instagram didn't think that your career was was anything worth worthwhile. Yeah, I believe I retorted something. <laughs> maybe not so polite to him. <laughs> JT posted the career uh, main event list, Weege, and some guy said, "Boy, you no, must." I think Chad posted it. Oh, and people are just bagging on me on there. Some guy said, "JT, you must you didn't do shit or something like you know win percentage no, zero. No, they said like poor you, or they're like, I, I, you know, feel feel sorry for me. Like, nah." I mean, to be on that list in any way, shape, or form, yeah, I'll take it. Right. I will take it. Yeah. I don't care how I get on there. I'll take it. <laughs> right. No doubt. Um, all right. Anything else? Is that it? Are we good? Um, yeah? I think so. All right. I covered B- it. BTOsports.com, RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. This has been the Oakland wrap-up. Weege, JT. Weege, you'll be back on the circuit now, or are you taking a few more weeks off? Or? Nope. Nope, not back to San Diego. Are you being serious? Yeah, two in a row. Oh, wow. I, I thought you were kidding. Yeah. You're really not coming this weekend yeah. either. No, wow. we had a, uh, a, uh, a schedule misfunction, miscommunication with our guy, Aaron Hansel, whose wife has a baby due. So schedule didn't quite go the way we wanted it to. So I had to you know the, uh, the Supercross schedule has been out like, for quite a while. I did not want to miss two races in a row. I've never done that. But uh, such is life, literally, because his wife has a baby due and whatever. Right. Well, I'm going mi- to go to San Diego. I'm going to yeah. miss a few races coming up here. I don't know which ones. Yeah, right. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah, sure you are. No, I will. Uh, you watch. Yeah, right. You watch. You watch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Uh, thanks to my uh, the two Jasons for coming on and joining us, and uh, we will uh, definitely uh, reconvene uh, next week to talk about A three. Thanks, guys. See you. See ya. This has been the BTOSports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. 
until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. And, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it. You just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years.